the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for your abundant grace. Thank you for your exceeding abundant grace. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you from day one to day number four. Grace is abounding. In prayer, grace is abounding. In fasting, grace is abounding. In fellowship, grace is abounding. In the teaching of our word, grace is abounding. In transformation of our lives, grace is abounding. In the name of Jesus, let the same grace abound tonight also. Let no one return the same. I give you praise, glory, honor, and majesty. In Jesus' matchless name, shout a better amen. Shout a living amen. God richly bless you. Amen. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18 to 20, the New Living Translation. Grace to you. Grace abounds. Say it like you believe that is your experience. Grace to you. And grace abounds. Powered for life and godliness. That shall be your experience. Okay, Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. He said, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions. Somebody say, here are my instructions. Say, here are my instructions. Now, he said, here are my instructions based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. On 31st, God spoke about us. And he says, this is our year of grace. Say an amen. Amen. All right. And then we need to be instructed concerning the prophetic word so that we will know what to do in order to appropriate it. He said, here are my instructions concerning the prophetic word which you received earlier or which were spoken earlier about you. He said, and may the Lord help you fight well in the Lord's battles. This year, you'll fight well. I said, you'll fight well. The King James says that, he said, based on those prophetic words, you are to wage a good warfare. Wage a good warfare. A good warfare is the one that guarantees victory. This year, you enjoy sweet victory. You are enjoying sweet victory in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. So these instructions and these thoughts I'm sharing with you are fundamental and foundational as far as this year of grace is concerned. Don't take these instructions for granted at all. Amen? Amen. All right, come with me to Exodus 32, 33, verse 14 to 15. And he said... My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Exodus 33, 14 to 15. The New American Standard Version. 
My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Say, God's presence is with me all through this year. And so I enjoy rest. I enjoy rest. I enjoy rest. I enjoy emotional rest. I enjoy spiritual rest. I enjoy mental rest. I enjoy financial rest. I enjoy business rest. I enjoy intellectual rest. In the name of Jesus, in all my engagements, I enjoy supernatural rest. Shout a believing amen. Who goes with you determines how your journey will be like. That's what Moses discovered. He said, if you will not take us, don't let us, if you will not go with us, don't let us move from here. And then he said, I will go with you and I will give you rest. This year, that's why we are waiting on the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because when we wait on the Lord, he comes to join us in our journey. And then, guarantee success is our portion. That shall be your testimony. Then he said to Moses, Moses said to him, if your presence does not go, do not lead us. Verse 16, he said, for how can it be known? This is what we've been looking at from Monday. How can it be known that I have found favor in your sight and that I and your people, is it not? I, I and your people. That is, how can it be known that I have found favor in your sight? I and your people. In other words, I and your people have found favor in your sight. He said, is it not that you, is it not by going with us so that we and your people may be distinguished from all the people who are upon the face of the earth? 2024, you are distinguished. Amen. I said 2024, you are distinguished. Amen. Am I prophesying to somebody at all? 2024, you will be distinguished. Amen. No matter how challenging this year is or will be, you will be distinguished. Amen. The grace of God will distinguish you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. He said, when my grace is with you, you'll be distinguished. When you present a matter, you'll be distinguished. When you present an exam, you'll be distinguished. When you present your document to the embassy, you'll be distinguished. When you present your papers for a contract, you'll be distinguished. In the name of the Lord Jesus, shout, I am distinguished by grace. That is what we are looking at. We said grace makes all the difference. Somebody say grace makes all the difference. Grace makes all the difference. Yeah. Grace makes all the difference. Grace makes all the difference. Grace makes all the difference. And our text for the year, let's take it together. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward us. That you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have abundance for every good work. Say, I have abundance for every good work. And the text starts from God is able. Somebody say, God is able. Okay, so God is able and he's able to make some things happen. And we said that he's able to make all grace. Somebody say, all grace. So we've looked at able. And we looked at grace. We defined what grace is. And then, yesterday night, we began to look at all grace. Somebody say, all grace. all grace. Okay, because before we looked at the specifics of the graces involved, we need to understand what grace is. Then he said, he's able to make all grace. So as we go through this year, what are the graces we are to expect to function in our lives? Is somebody ready to learn? Yeah. 
Okay, he's able to make all grace abound. All grace abound. But the scriptures give us specific graces that are vital. Yesterday, I started talking to you about six of them. I touched on two. First and foremost, we said it begins with the saving grace. Somebody says the saving grace. Okay, so that is foundational. God is able to make all grace. The first grace God gives us all is the saving grace. When the saving grace of God comes into your life, every other thing can follow. But without the saving grace, nothing else works. You can't receive anything from God except, first of all, you have embraced his grace. Are you here with me? It is when we receive God's grace that with it, we are able to receive every other thing. So the Bible said, by grace we are saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then he says, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. So we looked at saving grace. Yesterday too, we looked at sanctifying grace. Somebody say sanctifying grace. I see the sanctifying grace of God in your life. So the grace of God does not just save us, it sanctifies us. Somebody say he sanctifies us. Yeah, the sanctifying grace. When God saves you by grace, he sanctifies you by grace. And the grace of God works in sanctification by giving us the ability to say no. Somebody say the ability to say no. Or say the ability to say no. You see, the difference between the one who is saved and the one who is not saved, it is all in the ability to say no. Say the ability to say no. When an unbeliever has an appetite for beer, he can't say no. Because his nature is to drink. That is his nature. <laughs> he can't do anything. He can't do anything about it because that's his nature. But you see, for you, when you are born again, if any man be in Christ, is what? He's a new creation. He has a new nature. And that new nature goes after righteousness. So, that new nature says no. Somebody say, that new nature. It says no. The new nature in the saved person says no to anything that is not like God. You know what made Moses great? It was his ability to say no. Praise the Lord. Yeah, Moses became Moses because of his ability to say no. This year, receive grace to say no. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 and 12. He said, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Verse 12, he said, it teaches us to say no. Somebody say, it teaches me to say no. Say, it teaches me to say no. Say, it teaches me to say no. If the grace you know or the grace you have received is a grace that says yes to everything, it's not a genuine grace. The authentic grace of God says no. The Bible says, Moses by faith, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 all the way to 26. The Bible says, by faith, the King James Version says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, they saw that he was a proper child. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid of his parents for three months because they saw he was a proper child. Alright? Then, verse 24 says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Somebody say refused. refused. Yeah, that's what defined Moses. What defined Moses? Now, this year, you have no idea. Your ability to say no to some things 
will usher you into a new dimension of a relationship with God. The ability. There are some things you've been saying yes to. That is the reason why you are where you are. That may be. That may simply be it. Come to church on Sunday, come to church on Wednesday, but it's been drinking small, small beer on the side. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm not communicating here at all. Yeah. You are in church. You come in, you breathe in the Holy Ghost. When you go outside, you bring in cigarette and read. I'm not communicating here. You have to say no. And the capacity to say no is there. Are you here with me? He says, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. His destiny began. Now listen, it's not only Moses who said no. Joseph said no. He would have, he would have lost his destiny. God had a glorious, beautiful destiny for Joseph. He was supposed to become the prime minister. Great and outstanding guy in Egypt. An amazing guy. But it started with saying no. That's why we need the sanctifying grace of God. The reason why sometimes people are saved, and you can't tell the difference between them and those who are not saved, is because we, they, unbelievers don't have the capacity to say no. We have the capacity to say no, and we are saying yes. So we are all the same. This year, your life shall be clear. Amen. It shall be clear that you are different. Amen. I said, it shall be clear that you are different. Yeah. It should be clear. Unbelievers are slapping their wives. You, the tongue talker, is also slapping your wife. Say no to gender violence. <laughs> say no to domestic abuse. Amen. Can somebody say an amen here? Oh, pastor, there's nobody here like that. You don't know. You don't know what goes on in people's bedroom. You see your baby, and say, Moja, then a niece, what? Or say, oh, I give a tom, and he say, no. May, may you not find your, yourself in the hands of an abusive man. Amen. And may you also not become a victim of an abusive woman. Amen. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> So women can abuse you. Sure. They can abuse the man out of you. Abuse you until you begin to feel that you are not a man anymore. You become literally powerless. Somebody say, we are saying no. And then number three is the strengthening grace of God. Somebody say, the strengthening grace of God. Say, strengthening grace of God. Say, the strengthening grace of God. It's my portion. So grace saves, grace sanctifies, grace strengthens. The grace of God makes you strong. Listen, the reason why I am so committed to this message of grace and the gospel is because there is no other way to produce strong believers, strong and authentic believers outside the gospel of grace. It is the gospel of grace that produces strong believers. Unlike the contrary opinion of popular belief, that grace makes people weak. No. When you understand grace well, you live, you enjoy God. They don't give you rules. You are no longer under rules and regulations. But your relationship with God is richer and finer. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 9. He says, Do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Did you see that? Don't be carried away by legalism. Yeah. 
If you don't wake up and pray at this time of the night, you die before your time. Useless. Am I communicating here? Make a listen. Where did the Bible say you should wake up and pray at a certain time or you die? He said, pray at all times. Pray without ceasing. I would have men pray everywhere. You have to come to a certain place and pray, or else God cannot intervene. Foolishness. And people follow. They are being taken advantage of. And when they finish, then they say the pastors are like this. No, I tell, I, I've been telling you, listen, if you become a foolish Christian, there's a foolish pastor who will take advantage of you. I'm not complicating it. If you choose to be a foolish, lazy Christian, there's a lazy, foolish pastor and will take advantage of you. He said, be strengthened. He said, it is good. Don't be carried away by strange teachings. But be rooted. It is good that you are strengthened. Your heart is strengthened by grace, not by fools, through which those who were so occupied were not benefited. This was written to the Hebrews. Who we'll look at this uh, sometime back, sometime, sometime to come. Second Timothy 2 1. He said, Be strong in the grace of the Lord. Somebody say, Be strong in the grace of God. Yeah. Be strong. Somebody say, I am strong in grace. Say, I am strong. In grace. grace. Say, I stand strong strong. when I stand in grace. Yeah, your strength comes from standing in grace. When you stand in grace, you stand strong. We can only stand strong in life when we stand in grace. That's a quotation I wrote here. You can only stand strong in life when you stand where? In grace. Every other ground is a sinking sand. The only ground that is a firm ground, that is a solid ground, that is an unchanging ground, is the grounds of grace. When you stand on grace, you are standing very, very firm. Apostle Paul said, he told him, he didn't know what to do. He said, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. When you are weak, you will see my grace. This year, you'll be strengthened by the grace of God. I said, you'll be strengthened by the grace of God. People will not know where your energy comes from, but your energy will be tied to the grace of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will not be weak in your health. You will not be weak in your prayer life. You will not be weak in your fellowship. You will not be weak in your dedication. You will not be weak in your spirituality. You will not be weak in living holy. You will not be weak in liberality. You will be strong in all areas by the grace of God. Say, I am strong in all areas by the grace of God. The grace of God strengthens people. It makes you strong. It makes you strong. How, how? Why would you not be strong when you come before God and Satan is accusing you that you committed this sin and you come and you stand graciously before God and you tell Satan, listen, you think I relate to a father who is sitting on the throne of judgment. My God is a God who is sitting on the throne of grace. When I'm coming in prayer, no matter what it is Satan brings on my mind, no, I cannot come and stand condemned before my father. Yeah, yeah. Any time, no matter what has happened, when you are coming, you are, let us therefore come boldly to where? To the throne of grace. When you are going before a judge that you know is condemning you, you will be shivering. You are fearful. A lot of us come to God with that fearful spirit. We are not able to relate to God like a father should. The way we ought to relate to receive the things we need to receive. Because if you don't come boldly, you can't receive what you need to receive. How else will you come boldly when Satan is telling you you are not worthy, you are a liar, you are a cheat, all kinds
kinds of things since you committed 10 years ago. Satan is bringing it to you to today. You did it about three years ago, four years ago. He's telling you that is the reason why you are not moving forward. And you have believed that lie. And you are not confident before God. How can you receive from God? Praise the Lord. But when you understand that your father sits on the throne of grace and you come according to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You will always be helped. This year you will always be helped. I said you will be helped always. You will be helped always. Receive divine helps. Receive divine helps. Receive divine helps. Receive divine help. Number four is the seven grace. Somebody say grace saves. Say grace saves. Grace saves for free and grace saves at any cost. You can note that for me. Grace saves for free and grace, grace, grace saves for free and grace saves at any cost. Grace saves for free. Say it with me. Grace saves for free. And grace saves at any cost. Yeah, that's what grace does. Grace saves for free. By grace you are saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of which lest any man should boast. Because you were saved for free, you are committed to serving for life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When you understand this, eh, nobody will beg you to do something in the house of God or to serve God's people. No. <laughs> You, nobody, nobody, giving becomes a delight. It's no longer legalistic. Are you here with me? No, 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 no. You see, the reason why we are lousy in our attitude and uh, commitment to God is because we have not placed premium on what grace made available to us, which is salvation. And I will keep on saying this until it registers in everybody's mind. Man's greatest need was a savior. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's man's greatest need. And it's still man's greatest need. Regardless of all the other things we think we need. A house, a wife, a child. All of those things are good. But your greatest need in life is a need of a savior. Because that is one thing that you could never do for yourself. Even today, there are surrogate parents. So even if you want a child, somebody can do that for you. But when it comes to salvation, there's nobody who can give you salvation. The Bible said there is no name under heaven given amongst men by which we might be saved. And that was done freely for us. Now, can you imagine your greatest need? Any cause they put on it, you have to cough up money and pay. Do you understand what I'm saying? If that is your greatest need, if your greatest need is freedom, whatever they tell you to bring, you will have to find it so that you will bring it. But what of if they tell you but you don't have the capacity to meet it. And that's exactly what our story was. What we needed most, we never could have qualified for it. So God decided to give it to us freely. And so, out of a heart of gratitude, that's why genuine Christianity begins with a heart of gratitude. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you meet a genuine Christian, his heart is full of gratitude. Gratitude to God. Gratitude for a savior. Gratitude. They are always grateful. And let me tell you, grateful people will always be great in life. Grateful people will always be great in life. Grateful people will always go far in life. Grateful people will always be helped by God. Grateful people, they will always change the level. This year, you will change the level. Amen. Can I hear a believing amen? amen? Let me hear a louder amen. amen. 
You are changing level in the name of Jesus. South, I am changing level. Grateful people. If you look at the elder apostles, the Bible said they, loved, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives. Even unto death, they gave up everything. And when it mattered, they gave up their lives. Why? Because they knew what Jesus gave for them. Giving up their lives could never match it. Giving up their life, it could never match it. If tight is a difficult for you, a difficulty for you, you don't know what he gave up. If giving is difficult for you, you don't know what. If giving up your time, you call it a sacrifice. You don't know what Jesus gave up. You simply don't understand it. And when you come to fully comprehend it, praise the Lord. Let me tell you, serving God is not easy. Anybody who tells you serving God is easy is not serving him well. Anybody who knows how to serve God well, he will know that serving God is not easy. The Bible says serve God with gladness. <laughs> serve him with what? Yeah, yeah, serve him with gladness. To serve God and serve him with gladness, it takes grace. It takes what? It takes grace. It takes grace. It is, that's why there is the seven grace. We are told in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Look at that with me. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, let's read it together. One go. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us what? Have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Yes, so there's a way to serve God and serve him acceptably. And this year you will serve him acceptably. Let me tell you, can I tell you something? If you genuinely serve God acceptably, eh, certain prayer points will not be prayer point. Oh. That's why this, this fasting, it's about getting your attention and your heart on the right things. If you serve him acceptably. A Roman soldier uh, in the times of Jesus had a servant who was serving him where? The, yeah, the, the, the man was sick. The servant was sick unto death. The man went to everywhere just to get him saved. He, wanted, he could not afford to see him die. Why? Because he was a valuable servant. He was a valuable servant. This year, may you be a valuable servant. I said, this year, be a valuable servant. Be a valuable servant. Be a valuable servant. Be a valuable servant. Why would they keep the man Daniel in the lion's den and he will not fast and pray? And your lions couldn't eat him up. And you, you are not in a lion's den. You sleep in your own room with air condition. And yet, demons and witches are tormenting you. You are not able to sleep. He said, Pastor, me every midnight I turn and turn and turn and turn. I, I can't sleep beyond a certain time in the night. Something will just wake me up. Wake you up for what? The Bible says, so he giveth his beloved sleep. Sleep is your portion. Amen. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Uh, listen, you see, until we come to a place where we serve God, the way he's ordained us, we will struggle like the world. We will struggle like the world. That's what the Bible says. See, he said, all these things the Gentiles seek. All these things. All these things the Gentiles seek. But you seek first and foremost, the kingdom and all other things. You see, a lot of people don't believe it. That's why they go seeking their own things. They go advancing their own courses. 
But if you would, I pray that this year grace will rest upon you to do this. May the grace of God rest upon you to do this. If you really want to see God's faithfulness, his consistency, his ability, and his grace, the difference he can make in your life, just relaxed. Relaxed. And serve him genuinely. Be genuine with yourself. Be dedicated with yourself. Don't do so occasionally and conveniently. That's our challenge. That's why I'm telling you that if you're going to serve God and serve him well, it takes grace. Because serving God will cost you something. A lot of people feel that, oh, I, 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 I don't have the time. It's because you don't, you don't want to pay a price for service. That's why. You don't want to pay a price. Oh, I can't give this. It's because you don't want to pay a price. Because when you give this to God, you will have to go without certain things. And you don't want to pay that price. That's why you are like that. I don't know. My money is not enough for me to tithe. Listen, nobody's money is enough. We all deny ourselves certain things so we can give to advance the cause of Christ. I'm not communicating here at all. And listen, until you come to a place where you are ready, you make that decision and you are committed to doing the same. Listen, don't expect to live in the supernatural order. You will not. You will live an ordinary life. The best you can do is to be ordinary. It's to be ordinary. One of the things I don't like to use as testimony are material things because I feel they are too trivial. I don't like to use them. I don't like to use them at all. That's why most of the time, if I preach, there are things I said, some testimonies I, I will share with you later because when I share, they, are, they are not, they are material things. And where do they go? I'm, talk, I'm looking about things that changes people for eternally, not material things that I hear today, tomorrow gone. Praise the Lord. But in my short life of working with God, there are things people have prayed all their life for. I never spoke to God about them. And they came to me when I needed them. I'm not communicating here. They came to me when I needed them. They came to me. Never once. Never once. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Receive grace to be dedicated to God. Receive grace to serve God. In the name of Jesus. You have to learn. Paul served God in tears. He was serving God. In tears. In tears. You are coming for rehearsal and you sat in a taxi and somebody took your phone. You have stopped quiet. You. You. If you, that is the type of Christian you are, God can do much with your life. Am I communicating here? Yeah, I'm telling you something. God cannot do much with your life. I have lost my joy. <laughs> Paul was in prison and he had his joy. <laughs> he was where? He had his joy. He was in prison. He had the joy. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That is a person who will finish. Not somebody who will say, because of this I am no longer. Somebody, you came to quiet meeting late and the leader shouted at you. And your pride, which I have been preaching against all these years and has not gone. The residue of that pride rose up in you and said, I'm leaving the church. Go to hell. I'm not communicating here. As for the hell, forget. You can't go there. <laughs> you can't go there. I'm not communicating. But I'm, I'm just trying to help you appreciate that, listen, serving God will cost you something. If you are waiting for free service, you won't get it. You will never get If you are waiting for convenient service, you will never get it. Because when you serve God conveniently, it brings nothing into your life. When you serve God occasionally, it brings nothing into your life. 
When Daniel was kept in prison, the king said, he said, that God whom you serve continually, has he been able to deliver you? Daniel said, don't worry, O king. My God whom I serve continually, he has sent his angel in silence. When uh, the, the man Paul was in a shipwreck, the whole ship destroyed. Every, they couldn't trace any part of the ship. But this man survived. He said, the God whom I serve, he appeared to me, to whom I belong and to whom I serve. Some of us, we belong to God, but we don't serve God. To him I belong and to whom I serve. Listen, you see, some of us, our, that my conviction that I'm not dying before my time, no sickness, no disease can kill me before my time, it's not, it's not an empty conviction. It's based on a certain commitment and dedication with God. Am I communicating here? Listen, Paul said, I don't know what to do. I, I, to go to be with God is okay for me. But when I abide in the flesh, I can be more useful to you. So I'm going to abide in the flesh. A man has the capacity to decide whether he should die or live. And you are, you are some foolish prophet has told you you will die. This year, if you don't fast and pray for seven days, you die. You have believed it. There is something to do where foolish prophecies will not even come to you. Am I communicating here? No prophet. Is, is strong enough to give me a genuine prophecy and look at, and look at my face and tell me I'm going to die. You, you, where will you say it? How will you say it? And will I even give you attention? It's not even a prayer point that when I go, because what am I going to pray about? What is the faith in that prophecy for me to pray with? What is the faith in that prophecy? He that cometh to God must believe. What you told me, it produced fear. So why should I pray with it? Am I communicating here? Listen, grow up, grow up, grow up, grow up. Listen, there's so much God has for all of us. You won't lose your place. Amen. I said you won't lose your portion. Amen. You will not lose your portion. Amen. Number five is sacrificial grace. Somebody say sacrificial grace. Sacrificial. Say sacrificial grace. Sacrificial. Yeah, it takes grace to make sacrifices. Somebody say grace. grace. Say grace. grace to make sacrifices. It takes grace to make sacrifices. You see, I realize that those who know how to make sacrifices, they are always able to achieve more in life. Whether it's in the spirit or in the flesh. If you want to achieve more in life, be ready to make more what? Oh, talk to me. Be ready to make more what? If you go to school and you are not ready to sacrifice some sleep, sacrifice some friendships, it will not be, it will be difficult for you to make some eights, some greats. You can't make them. There, there are too many games in your eyes for you to be able to make some greats. You have to be disciplined. You have to be willing to sacrifice. So other people may be in the common room watching Manchester United. You are in the study room loading your mind with stuff. Am I communicating here? It takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. If you are going to be distinguished in your profession, it takes sacrifice. Because everybody works from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and they close. But if you are going to be a top superstar and be able to become outstanding, beyond 8 p.m., you must still be working. Am I communicating here? Yeah, you can't quote the night cometh when no man can work. Those who become outstanding in life, when the night cometh, that's when they are even working more. Are you here with me? This generation is so lazy, and yet it wants everything that is good. 
We want everything that is good, everything that is new, but we are so lazy. 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 We can't sacrifice sleep. We can't sacrifice time. We can't sacrifice comfort. Every, we want everything comfortable just now. But listen, if you get everything comfortable today, tomorrow, a miserable future awaits you. A miserable future. And it's the same thing. If you decide that in your journey with God, you are only looking for to receive things from God, and you are not ready to make great sacrifices for God. By the time you get to the other side, you realize that there's no future for you in eternity. There is no glorious future. Paul spoke to the Philippian church. He says, you have done what is a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. He said, this sacrifice is credited to your account. It's credited to where? Credited to where? Your account is credited to your account. When we make sacrifices, they don't go with. They are credited to our account. When it rains and you defy the rain and you come to church, because you love God, is credited to your account. When at the end of a month, things are tied for you, and some people you owe are coming uh, for you, for their money, and yet you still have to honor God faithfully with your tithe, is credited to your account. When you have made a vow to God, and at the time you want to settle it, something else comes up, and you defy that which has come up, and you still honor your vow, you have, you are, it's credited to your account. And in a time of need, God will come through for you. You are not complicated here. Nobody makes sacrifices and goes unattended to. Meet anybody who is rich in the natural, they make sacrifices. If you are going to be rich spiritually, you have to make sacrifices. And this year, you have a rich spiritual life. Yeah. I said, this year, you have a rich spiritual life. Yeah. Rich spiritual life. A lot of people want to be leaders and they can't sacrifice. Two weeks of prayer, they will come one, two, and they are no more. Now, you are a leader. You cannot stand in a week of fasting and prayer. Where are you going with your life? Am I communicating here at all? Why are you going with your life? And that is the supplying grace of God. Somebody say the supplying grace of God. This year, that grace is working in your life. Yeah. I said that grace is working in your life. Yeah. That grace is working in your life. Yeah. Now, listen. There is a grace that makes all your needs available. It supplies all of them when you need them. And this year, that grace will work in your life. Amen. I said this year, that grace will work in your life. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace. Look at this. That is where we see it. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you always have an also. Say it. Also. 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 Efficiency. All you need supply. That is what all sufficiency means. When you have been all sufficiency, all your needs be made available. He says, you will have abundance unto every good work. The good God's word translation. Let's read the God's word translation quickly. Let's read it together. Besides, God will give you his constantly overflowing kindness. Then you will always have everything you need you can do more and more good things. This year, that shall be your testimony. Amen. I said you do more good things. Amen. You do more and more good things. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. New Living Translation says, New Living Translation. And God will generously, let's go. And God will generously provide all Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with us. 
that shall be your testimony. That shall be your testimony. Now, that's what God is able to do. He's able to bring you to this place. The Amplified Version. Amplify. We're amplifying the verse and then we'll close. Look at it. It says, and God every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you always under all circumstances regardless of a need have complete sufficiency in everything be confident oh and out of charity that shall be your testimony this year that shall be your testimony this year that shall be your testimony this year let's step back and I will close. 6 and 7. That is where you get the context of this test. 6 and 7. King James 6 and 7. Before he says God makes all of this available. He says something there. 6 and 7. But this I say. Read it. But this what? He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now go to verse. So let each, as he purposes in his heart, not gradually or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8. And God. I believe that your English teachers didn't die early. So you understand the context. <laughs> But if you understand English, it's a context. That's the context. The key context of our text for the year is that that he, so, he who so sparingly shall reap sparingly. These graces will manifest in your life. Amen. The saving grace is already at work. Amen. The sanctifying grace is working. Amen. The strengthening grace is working in your life. Amen. The strengthening grace is working. The strengthening grace is working. Amen. The serving grace is working. Amen. The sacrificial grace is working. Amen. And the supplying grace is working. Amen. Thank him and give him praise. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We we'll look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. 
and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no.